Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to Crack the Mic with Agent of Change to Corey Davis. And this week's segment is titled PTSD. According to an article published by the Harmony United Psychiatric Care published on June 21, 2021, Quote, approximately 8 million Americans are affected by post-traumatic stress disorder, commonly referred to as PTSD. Yet many struggling with PTSD symptoms may not even realize the source of their problems due to myths and misunderstanding about PTSD, end quote. The first myth is that PTSD only affects military veterans, although an estimated 30% of soldiers returning from war are diagnosed with PTSD, the condition can develop in anyone, including children, according to the above mentioned article stated previously. In fact, about 8% of the total population is estimated to have full-blown PTSD. Now, to help me uh, further this discussion, I have a distinguished panel, mental health professional and executive producer to the show, Tamika Brown. Also, Izell Wallace, motivational speaker, and also an executive to the uh, show as well. And I also have a special guest who will share her personal story uh, this morning with us on Crack the Mic, Jenny Cartea. She's a mother of three, and she has a very interesting story, to say the least. Good morning, guys, and welcome to Crack the Mic. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, let's just dev directly into this segment. questions. Let me ask Tamika. Tamika, you are our mental health professional here. Let me just ask you, what is the biggest fallacy about PTSD? Um, I would have to, I'm sorry about that. I would have to say um, PTSD in and of itself is, you know, for uh, for those who don't know, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, it is a disorder that um, can actually look like a lot of other um, mental health disturbances that a lot of people face. So within its components, you have um, different criteria. You have, you know, the anxiety, you have the, um, the depression, you have, um, I think one of the the biggest things that it's characterized by is, of course, your intense uh, disturbances having to do with flashbacks. Um, when you've been exposed to trauma, um, you're going to have, you know, sometimes 
re recurring memories, uh, basically disturbing dreams, nightmares, those uh, great interferences that um, PTSD uh, characterizes. So I think one of the, um, the main issues, especially from the, the clinical side, is making sure that um, you know, you're aware that, okay, this is not just a client experiencing uh, just anxiety or just depression or, you know, just having uh, a bad dream or occasional uh, memories. These are very, very intrusive, um, intrusive disturbances that need to be um, need to be addressed and that make you know PTSD in and of itself um, special and different in comparison to the other um, mental health diagnoses that people um, that people can have. Um, so you have to be very, I'd say very cognizant and very careful, especially when you're interviewing your clients, when you're trying to, you know, get information um, so that you're diagnosing properly, that you're addressing the different elements and making sure um, that your, your client is being treated from a, a, a holistic um, standpoint. Absolutely. Well stated. Well stated. Now, you know, if there is uh, a, a big fallacy, and I, and I uh, asked this in the question, and, you know, a lot of, with, with respect to the causes of PTSD, people often attribute it to wartime combat stress. But we know that there are other causes, uh, Tamika, such as natural disasters, uh, serious accidents, death of a loved one, or even abandonment in itself. Uh, or just traumatic life events such as sexual or a physical assault that can be also causes of PTSD, but people often uh, attribute it just to wartime. Um, so let me ask you though, if I may, what are the signs of trauma that one can look at? Um, you're going to, for the person who you know, has experienced um, trauma from a, a PTSD standpoint. Um, one of the things is the the reenactment, the, you know, even going back to um, just thinking about those, those veterans who have been in war. A lot of times you'll find that uh, the person struggling with PTSD, uh, no matter the trauma exposure, is going to be dealing with a lot of um, rumination, a lot of reenactment of uh, things that occurred. There are times where the mind, in order to cope, does um, can create certain memories that were not necessarily real, but it's real for that person, and it's owing to the trauma that they uh, experienced. So that is, um, I think, one of the main characteristics for uh, for PTSD. It's a constant, um, in a sense, a, a movie, a constant movie um, that is playing. A lot of times it doesn't necessarily even need to be uh, triggered by anything that, you know, is that great. Um, but for the person struggling with that, um, anything, any, you know, the flashback can happen at any moment. It can, um, you know, take the person over into what is called uh, depersonalization or derealization where their reality becomes blurred. Their, right. their, their sense of self um, becomes blurred where they may not even in that particular moment where they're, in, where they're facing the reenactment of the memory uh, or even creating a false memory, but that, that continues to play. You get to, they can get to a place where 
a sense of self is lost, a sense of reality around them uh, is lost as well. <clears throat> so I think that that probably I would say is one of the um, the greatest criterion for uh, PTSD. Um, so making sure that you know the 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 trauma. Um, in, in I'd say in counseling, you have to you know try to understand uh, what the triggers are, what the underlying uh, the underlying route to the PTSD. You need to know exactly what happened so that the person can begin to identify what those triggers are. How do they deal with those symptoms? How can they minimize um, or you know get to a place where they can um, eliminate those flashbacks or recurrent memories, uh, nightmares, dreams, etc. Absolutely, absolutely. Well stated. Now. I like to transition for a moment if I can and just trauma and I, I like to define it best as any experience that can change the pattern or the course of one's life. Now, interesting enough, we are fortunate enough listeners and both panel to have a young lady here by the name of Jenny R. Kataya, who's going to share her personal story uh, that led to her battling PTSD for several years. So without further ado, go ahead, Jenny, um, share your trauma if you can. Can you share with us um, your uh, traumatic experiences? Yes. Um, my mother, um, was married to my stepdad since I was eight years old. Uh, my mom was doing drugs. And, um, when I was 13 years of age, I was staying with my grandfather and my brother and my mother calls and tells me to pack my stuff that I was going to the beach uh, to stay with her for a few days. So I packed my brother's things thinking he was going. When she calls me back to see if I'm ready, um, I told her that I had packed my brother's stuff and she said, no, um, he's not going. You're the only one going because you don't get along with your stepdad and he's trying to get along with you. And so I, right there, I, I felt kind of like butterflies in my stomach. So wow. he had a Mercedes Benz and he picked me up in it with my, with my mother. And I remember we went to go get some sandwiches and I had an under uh, a little bra that had a uh, wire on it and she, it was bothering me. So she told me to take it off, but I felt, kind of funny taking it off with my stepdad there so they took me to this apartment and there was a swimming pool and I went swimming on it while he went to run his errands and when he came back uh, my mom uh, he took a shower and he came out with his bathrobe and my mother took a shower that took forever. And while she was showering, he was fundling me and wow. uh, trying to tell me, you want to be my girlfriend? Um, I want to be with you. And all of a sudden, I saw myself on the sofa with my hands behind my back. And he gave me something called immunitrate 
on my nose to give me a rush. And then he shot me in the back of the leg with cocaine. He diluted it with water and he shot it on me to get me drugged up. And then all I, I remember my mother in the room telling me to open my leg. This is how you do it. And they raped me between both my biological mother and my stepdad. I was raped more than five or six times in different occasions. I was drugged up. If I didn't do what he said, he would slap me. And being wow. that I was only 13 years old and I had very fair skin, all the marks were in my face. My mom would put cover up makeup in my face so it wouldn't show. And as it progressed, mm. um, when I was 15, 13 years old or 15 years old, he lured me into his house and he, he prayed on me for me to leave my mother. And so she was pregnant with his son and he took me in to live with him. And he threatened my mother that if she did anything because I was a minor and he was 13 years older than I was, that, you know, he would hurt her. So being that she was pregnant, she didn't do anything about it. And he kept me there for 23 years. And um, where I was beaten with weight belts, where I was um, hit in the head with a pipe. Um, mm. I have two boys by him. One is 30, one is going to be uh, 41 this year. The other one just turned 38. My little girl died of infant crib death when she was three and a half, almost two and a half, uh, three months almost. And um, so I've been seeing my psychiatrist for the past 13 years. I suffer from PTSD, major depressive disorder, anxiety, and panic attacks. And I have re I have a lot of revision in my dreams. I have nightmares about what happened to me. Um, I haven't seen my oldest son since he was seven. I did see my second son after 19 years in 2005. And it was because his best friend was my youngest son's best friend as well. He's from another marriage. And okay. um, so they connected in the pool and they came and my, my son said, mom, I have a surprise for you. And my son said, I want to see my mom. I want to see my mom. So when I saw him after 19 years, I cried. I kissed him. I hugged him. I, 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 was, I was stunned to see him. And, um, you know, it, it's really hard for me. Um, I don't speak to my mom because when I have tried to have a communication with her, like every daughter loves to have a communication with her mother. Um, right, right. She belittles me and she brings out the dust from under the rug. The, you know what I mean? Like she gets drunk and wants me to tell her that I forgive her. And 
I feel that, you know, she had 10 tumors in her lymphatic gland. She had non-Hodgkin's disease. She had cancer. And I took care of her in the hospital while she was sick. And even though she did what she did to me, I still took care of her. And one day she told me to tell her that she that I forgave her. And I said, if taking care of you in a hospital with cancer wasn't, you know, forgiving you, then I don't know what is, but you're not gonna belittle me and I'm not gonna tell you I'm sorry. I'm not gonna accept your your I'm sorry, especially that you're under you're you're inebriated, you're 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 drunk. Right, right, right. And so I, you know, I had I he took me in. I also as well have two sons by him. So me and my mother, we both have kids from the same men. Um, he's not only my brother, but he is my kids stepbrother and uncle because he's my brother and um i've been dealing with this um since i was 13 um being that my son came into my life you know it brings me flashbacks at times of the things his dad did to me um he did tell me mom um, i'm sorry for what my father did and i said no son I said, you have nothing to be forgiven about. I said, no matter what your father did to me, you have to love your father beyond all things because he's your parent and he's your dad. And I didn't want him to feel bad. So I have been dealing with this since I was 13 years of age. And um, a little later on, my uh, biological father committed suicide because they shot and killed my little brother, not my mother's son. My father with another woman had a son okay. Okay. and he took the son from her. She gave it to my dad. My dad raised him since he was 11 uh, months old and he was shot four times in Los Angeles. And my dad said that he had nothing else to live for to bury him next to his son. And he shot himself on the head. And um, I right now I do have communication with um, one of my sons from that from that uh, from my stepdad, but I haven't seen my oldest son. But yet my youngest son, Eric, from another marriage has seen my oldest son and I haven't. He hasn't wow. wanted to come to me because he's been brainwashed by his father. His father was a very well-known man here in Miami. His okay. And let me just ask, would you like to share who the father was? Who sure. Did this father? The father of my kids is Alberto San Pedro. They called him the corrupter of Hialeah. Wow. And he came out in all the news. I was even a witness for the United States government of immigration. We won the, the court hearing. We won it. They did sign his deportation. And so he is up for deport. For, for deportation. Of course, Cuba doesn't have to accept him, 
but he can go to a third country or they can put him in Chrome indefinite. And um, it hurts me a lot that I don't have a relationship with my mother, that every time I've tried to get a relationship with her, she ends up getting drunk and making a show. And that's neither me nor my other brother that's a year and three months, we're a year and three months apart. We're from the same dad and mom. He doesn't talk to my mother either because she was doing cocaine and was drinking and she got caught and they gave her 15 years for trafficking of cocaine with my little brother, her son, with that man okay. when he okay. was three. If I may, yeah. just for a moment, Jenny, uh, so we just don't confuse the audience. I just want to go back to the first experience that you had with your mom. Yeah, that you was a very difficult experience because I loved my mother very, very much. And for her to betray me in that manner and give my give myself to a man for her own sexual gratification is something that no medicine, no matter how many medicines my doctor sends me for uh, anxiety, for panic attacks, for depression, it's it's recorded in my mind. And even you take your medication to not feel anxious or, or with, a, with panic attacks, you know, I, I, I feel angry because I have to take these medications because of what she did to me. Because right, right. I, have, I have bad nightmares. Wow. And so it's hard for me to relate with her in any way, shape or form. She's a very toxic person. And although I forgive her, I refuse to be around a toxic person like her. So therefore I live by myself and I'm by myself. And let me just ask for a moment because your story is quite touching uh, to say the least, but I, you, you said something uh, that just sort of uh, kind of just really gave me an epiphany uh, to say the least. And, and it seems as though if a person has wronged you and you had an opportunity, because in your story, you talk about your mother being diagnosed with cancer and you being there to take care of her. Now, any other person, it seems as though if they were wronged, uh, that would seem like the perfect opportunity to serve karma, to give that person, quote unquote, their just reward. But you for, you, for some reason, Jenny, were able to forgive her at least enough to go ahead and take care of her. But let me just ask you, though, did at any moment you feel, because you know, there's an old saying, it's not fun when a rabbit has the gun. So the shoe was on the other foot. You had the opportunity to abuse her at that time, but you did not. Did you ever think of doing so? Honestly? No, honestly, no, because I am a better person and I am a daughter of God. 
and I believe in Jesus very much. And I don't think you pay wrong with wrong. And I showed her that I was a bigger person and I took care of her in spite of what she did to me. And I, you know, it, it, it plays on my head it, like a recorder, but um, I decided that I am a better person. I would never do that to, to a child of mine, let alone, you know, um, if I didn't forgive her, or if I didn't, if I wasn't the stronger person and the bigger person in this picture, then I would be just like her and I'm nothing like her. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I agree. Wow. That is uh, very, very powerful what you said. You're right. Because um, often, you know, I like to tell people uh, who actually have dealt with trauma or who have been a victim. The onus is ultimately on you, or thus the cycle continues. Hurt people hurt people. But ultimately, as you've just so wonderfully stated, uh, uh, Jenny, that it was on you. In order for you to heal, you had to forgive her. And I'm so grateful that you were able to forgive her because holding, sometimes holding on to things will paint this picture in the mind of the listeners. I wanna say it's kind of like a rope and you're holding on to a rope and the longer you hold on to the rope, it continues to cause lacerations in your hands. And if you yeah. never let it go, it ultimately can cause so much damage to you, the person who's holding on to it, versus just letting the rope go and you free yourself, thus freeing yourself of the pain. Uh, well, I'll tell you this. Um, it, it, sometimes I feel like I'm holding on to the rope because my son brings me a lot of flashbacks when I see him about what his dad did to me and what I went through. Um, but I have let go because I'm able to talk about it, which was very difficult for me to do that prior, you know, uh, years. It was very difficult for me to talk about it. And um, and I cried a lot. I, I still do, you know, and the older that I get, the more I can't understand why she did what she did to me. And I have a granddaughter that's 12 years old. And the more I see her grow into a beautiful young lady, the less I can understand why my mother did what she did to me and participated in the act versus instead of protecting me, she stole my innocence. And that is something that I had to cope with all my life. And that's why I've been with my psychiatrist and my therapist for 13 years. And they helped me out because I was a complete mess when I first went to them. But thanks, you know, to the therapy that I get and the medications for my panic attacks and anxiety, they help. But it's like a wound. 
you you heal from the womb, but the womb is is always going to be marked in your skin somewhere. Right, right, right. And it's marked in my heart, and it's and it's hard because you know it, it it's crazy. It's you feel lonely, you feel isolated. You feel I wake up in cold sweats, out my chest when I've had nightmares of what happened to me. Um, you know, this man abused me, beat me, you name it, he did it to me. And my mother was in jail for three years for trafficking. And my brother took her out of jail at three and a half years selling drugs himself. And he got caught and did 15 years federal. So my brother's a very smart man today. He does podcast as well. And we communicate by texting. And sometimes we talk on the phone for a little while, but not much because unfortunately he's a little bit arrogant. Okay. And he reminds me a lot of some of the ways my mother is, although he'll deny it, but I, you know, I, it hurts me to even talk to him because he doesn't let you speak. He want, It's like walking on eggshells with him. And I don't like to feel that way. Absolutely. I could agree with you. Okay. Uh, Tamika, uh, is there anything you like to share? Uh, any questions you'd like to ask? Um, well, I know that um, you've actually already mentioned it, but I, I know one of the, you know, issues with trauma exposure for those who have um, PTSD, you know, definitely the, the recurring nightmares and the flashbacks. Um, is this something like how, I guess, do you have periods where um, you're not experiencing those flashbacks or is that just, has that been a, a continuous struggle uh, for you overall? It's been a continuous struggle for me overall. Um, though, though I take medication for nightmares, um, but it's been a struggle for me because it, it's something that, that it, it, it's hard to even, talk about because it's it's something that hurts so deep inside of you that it tears you apart and my faith in God and my faith my religious beliefs and my faith it has gotten me to where I am now to where I can talk about it and deal with it but um, the trauma is still there and I guess I would ask you as well, um, would you say that at this point um, that you're fully healed or you're just, you're still on that, that journey of healing? I'm still in that journey of healing. And the simple reason why is because I have my son in my life and it brings me a lot of flashbacks. Okay, Isel, would you like to ask a question? Uh, Isel Wallace? Yes, uh, thank you. I'd just like to ask uh, Miss Cartaya. Yes. Did the forgiveness that you had for your mother and for your stepfather have a positive impact on your mental health? Yes, because it delivered me from 
feeling any type of guilt for something that I didn't do that was done to me. And I didn't know how to forgive. I had to really pray about it and ask God to help me because I didn't know how to forgive. Um, because I think that what happened to me is something that it's unfor unforgivable. But nevertheless, my strength and my beliefs is what's gotten me this far to where I can deal with it, you know, on a daily basis, you know, uh, uh, always with my mindset that I'm free from that past, that I no longer live that past. I do want to interject with another question. Um, you were saying that you, you know, live, um, I believe you said that you live alone. Is that correct? Yes, I live alone. Okay. Has that affected you as far as having a romantic relation, you know, just your experience? Has that affected oh, you? No, I had, I had a relationship for 17 years <laughs> and apparent, and unfortunately, my husband was uh, uh, hit by a car and killed. Yesterday made exactly three years that I lost him after 17 wow. years. Wow. Yes. So I decided to stay by myself because I'm very scared of, I'm not a sociable person. It's very hard. Um, you have to win my trust and it's very hard to, deal with a stranger out in the streets because I feel that if my own mother that bared me nine months in her belly did what she did to me, how can I trust anybody else? I agree. Thank you. Listen, unfortunately, we are out of time. We will definitely want you to tune in for part two of this discussion with uh, our distinguished panel, Jenny Cortella, Isaiah Wallace and Tamika Brown. Again, thank you for listening to Crack to Mike PTSD Part One. You don't want to miss it as Jenny continues to share her journey and her recovery um, with dealing with PTS. So join us next week for Crack to Mike uh, Part Two with PTSD. This is your agent of change saying again, thanks. Peace. Thank you for having me. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.